A hero is someone that is admired for their courage, outstanding achievements, and noble qualities. If anyone deserves that title, it's our beloved Henry Hank Aaron. It's gone! It's 7.15! There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron! The home run king broke barriers and had a decorated career beyond any other. A two-time batting title winner, three gold gloves, 25 all-star selections, a World Series title, an MVP recipient, and a Hall of Famer. His achievements are well known, but through his long illustrious career, he was a model of humility, dignity, and quiet competence. He was a humanitarian whose courage and nobility went beyond the diamond. He didn't seek adoration, but he earned it. It was everything an athlete and a person should be, excellence in the face of adversity. Hammer and Hank has shaped who we are, and Braves Country will forever be grateful. Thank you, 44. May your legacy live on as you rest in peace. To the greatest ball player, the finest gentleman, Mr. Hank Aaron. Welcome, folks, once again to what was formerly known as the Highlanders Podcast, now Rich Coryanks Podcast, um, episode number 33. Um, lots to cover today in a busy, busy week, uh, off-season week here in Yankee Land, and lots of stuff to cover, and we'll get into the specifics first, but before we do anything at all um, and get into any of the deals or transactions or even uh, why we changed the name of the show, I would be remiss here if we didn't start off the show with uh, the passing of MLB legend Hank Aaron at 86 years old. And before I do anything else, I wanted to make sure I spoke about that a little bit here and uh, pay tribute and a little bit of respect to one of the greatest, not only baseball players, but maybe the greatest ambassadors for the game of baseball of all time. Um, Any real baseball fan knows his story. I won't go into the details about it, but... um, a man who had to endure, you know, racist death threats while he was trying to babe, break the Babe Ruth's record, home run record. A lot of people who still think because of the steroids um, that his record still stands as the legitimate home run record. Um, 715 career home runs, a record he broke on April 8th in 1974. Um, just amazing, amazing, amazing accomplishment. We all remember the video of him hitting it over the fence for the Braves and the, the couple of fans running on the field and running with him to third base, but just I can't imagine the, ima- the, the amount of pressure and, and racism that this man had to face, um, as, you know, death threats and threatening his family, and uh, you know the guy just to play baseball. You know, it's amazing that he was able to handle it and handle it with such class and dignity. Uh, the man played 23 years. He was uh, a phenomenal athlete, a phenomenal person. And uh, before we get anything else in, in this week's episode and talk about anything else baseball related, I definitely wanted to say rest in peace to Hank Aaron, who passed away at the age of 86. Rest in peace, sir.
to Rich Corey Yanks Podcast. Um, before we get started here today, um, with any regular business and Yankee talk, just want to make everybody aware of the name change. Um, we're going to do kind of like a mailbag here right at the beginning because I got tons of questions on what happened to the show, why did the name change, um, is the show still going to be going on, and the answer to all those questions is yes, there was a name change to the show. Um, just thought we were going to change it up a little bit here for season two as we get ready to kick off the second season of the show. Um, uh, uh, real Yankee fans know why it was called the Highlanders Podcast originally, um, and it was the uh, short-lived a previous name that the Yankees had before they became the Yankees, um, and the reason I'm changing it is there's a lot of um, technical reasons for it, but quite honestly, uh, this is just going to be more convenient for me and going forward, I just think this is going to be a better way to associate myself with the show, um, incorporating kind of my name to the show. So, going forward, it is Rich Core Yanks. Uh, if you subscribe to the Highlanders podcast, it should automatically update any way that you get your podcast. That shouldn't be a problem. There's nothing you need to do. Um, if you hit your notifications, they should still come up. If you subscribe, they should still come up under your new episodes. All of that stays the same. The only thing that changes is the name and the picture at the top of the screen for the logo. So that being said, um, we're not going to answer any mailbag questions. Besides that, this week, just wanted to make you aware of uh, all the new ways that you can get in touch with the show. Um, and that is, uh, you have any email questions, anything you like to send, it's richcoreyanks at gmail.com. That's R-I-C-H-C-O-R-Y-A-N-K-S at gmail.com. And the social media and Instagram, Twitter are all the same. Rich Core Yanks, just do a search in your search engine uh, under Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you will find the Rich Core Yanks. The YouTube page is also up, Rich Core Yanks on YouTube. Um, no content on it yet. I have not transferred the old content from Highlanders Podcast over. Uh, I will eventually get to that before we start spring training and hopefully get some more content for the YouTube page as well. So I appreciate all your support, guys. I really do. I'm going to be putting a lot more effort into the show this year. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. If you do have any suggestions or anything you'd like to see change, feel free to hit me up on the social media or drop me an email. Any suggestions, comments, anything you'd like to share with me, videos, pictures, um, links, um, feel free to send. We're going to be doing a lot more exciting stuff hopefully this year. Um, we're going to get interactive hopefully with some polls and uh, some other things coming down the line. But uh, Highlanders Podcast is now Rich Core Yanks Podcast. So let's start the episode. Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater.
Well, let's start with one of the reports from Friday night that carried over into the weekend. Corey Kluber signs a deal with the New York Yankees. One year, 11 million bucks. Forget about the performance bonuses for a guy that started eight times in the past couple years. This is real money, Ken, that the Yankees are giving out and getting very close to that luxury tax number as well. It is, and clearly they have faith that Corey Kluber can be the guy in the playoffs to slot behind Garrett Cole. Now, coming off 36 and two-thirds innings the past two seasons combined, he'll probably be only good for 140 to 160 in the regular season. They'll need to pace him. But they obviously think that he is ready to be close to what he once was, which was a two-time Cy Young winner. Now, there are two things to keep in mind here. One, that bullpen session last week, number of teams attended, something like 25 teams. They all thought he looked good. Now, it's a bullpen session. We all know that. But the Yankees also have kind of a secret weapon in this process, and that's Eric Cressy. Eric Cressy is Kluber's longtime performance coach who happens to work for the Yankees now. He's the director of player performance, and he knows Kluber perhaps as well as anyone. Matt Blake, the pitching coach, used to work at Cressy's training center as well. So the Yankees clearly feel this is the guy, but hey, Scott, there definitely are questions. No doubt about that. I was just surprised at the number. I thought that it would be a contract with, say, I don't know, three, four million bucks, Val, and then you have to earn it. You haven't pitched much the last couple years, so if you pitch, great, we'll pay you. We'll get you up to 11, maybe even more. But if nothing happens for Corey Kluber this year and he can't recover well from the shoulder, he still gets himself 11 million bucks. That's a good deal. I thought just just jumped into my mind. The dark night of the Mets were signed by the Cal- the uh, the Angels, mm-hmm. what, two years ago? And I believe he was at 9 or 11? 9. So I'm, co- I'm going, okay, I like the pedigree a whole lot more of Kluber than I did of the dark Matt Harvey, which and that didn't work out for the most part. But, you know, I think the fact that he only had 36 innings, I think at this stage of his career, yes, there were some injuries last year. It happened early, so they shut him down very quickly. It almost could be like a respite for him that now he's had some time off. He's able to heal. The fact that he has two guys in their camp that know him who could evaluate him at a much deeper level. I'm taking a flyer on, on Kluber. There's and no Scott, doubt about it. Scott, you talked about the $11 million, and a lot of fans had the same question. How is this possible? Evidently, it's a market-driven deal. There were other teams clearly bidding at a high level as well, and the Yankees needed to get to that number to get Kluber. Now, you can ask, is this a worthwhile risk when you've got Tanaka still sitting out there? Would Tanaka have been a better choice? Would James Paxton or any of these other guys? And the fact that the Yankees chose Kluber speaks volumes to what they evaluated in the free agent market. And it was a little surprising to a lot of people. I'm surprised still. And, Scott, you mentioned their luxury tax issues. They still need pitching, more starting pitching. And they're within, according to the rosterresource.com estimate, about $10 million of the threshold, which they do not want to exceed in 2021. And don't you want some money for midseason if you want to make a trade as well? Sure. And ultimately, they might need to make a trade at some point. Adovino has been speculated upon as one possibility. They might want a veteran starter before they get to the season. And maybe you get one in a trade or on an inexpensive free agent deal. You take a flyer on someone. Maybe you do make a trade at midseason after you kind of look at all of those names you just saw and assess where you are. What do you think about what Val said? Because I remember a year ago saying what you said, Val, going, hey, he barely pitched and it was more of a freak injury a couple years ago. Maybe that's a good thing for someone in his mid-30s. 
Now it's another year removed with a shoulder issue this time around. How much concern is there? There has to be concern when you haven't pitched that much. But I like what Val said. And I don't know that it's going to come to pass, but if you remember, Corey Kluber would fade in the playoffs the last couple of years that he was healthy. He was a guy who seemed to be gathering a lot of physical wear and tear. So now he has had time to recover. And again, he looked supposedly great in that bullpen session last week. Is it a worthwhile gamble? Sure. Is it a worthwhile gamble at the expense of who you did not sign and for the money? That remains to be seen. And that's a good point. Kluber pitched a lot for the Indians. They worked him. They were a playoff team. Year after year, he made it to the postseason and was a guy that they relied on, especially, of course, that World Series year when they made it against the Chicago Cubs. All right, on to the next. gang welcome to the show um tons to talk about tons happening in yankee land this week the last week and a half i've been putting off uh putting the episode out only because uh quite honestly i uh was waiting for the smoke to clear on all the moves it seemed like every other day they were making moves um i ended last week's episode if you guys remember if you listened to the show and if you did thank you saying that the yankees would need to add pitching i mean this wasn't a secret this was something everybody knew that we needed to do um, and Tanaka didn't look like it was going to be an option, and it turns out, as we'll get to that in a little bit later on, uh, it looks like they've officially said goodbye to Tanaka, um, and we'll talk about his options and what he's, where it is he's going to do uh, coming on a little bit later on. But I wanted to take these moves one by one and talk about them, and let's start with the Kluber move. So um, right after they signed DJ LeMahieu, which is what they seem to be waiting for before they can make any other moves, and it made sense. Um, that was the big free agent contract they needed to give the Yankees went out and signed a two-time American League Cy Young Award winner, Corey Kluber, to a one-year, $11 million deal. Um, this was a, it's, it's a smart move. Um, I, anytime you can get a two-time two Cy Young Award winner who strikes guys out and misses a lot of bats, it's a great move. Um, he immediately slides in to that number two hole right now, I would say, until Severino comes back in the summer. Uh, behind Garrett Cole. Um, this guy, if he's healthy, is an incredible, incredible asset, and he'll be a huge, huge addition to our rotation, which was looking pretty weak um, just about a week and a half ago. And uh, we'll get into more of the other moves that they made with a younger player here coming up in a minute. But, I mean, the deal with Kluber is this. If he's healthy, he's he's awesome. You know, and it's going to be a great... He's going to be a workhorse. He's going to go out there and do it. Look, the guy... Threw one inning last year for the Texas Rangers. We traded for him that previous December um, with a grade two tear in his, in his shoulder. So that's a big deal. Um, you have to be careful with that. I mean, like any other pitcher who throws hard who's an older guy, you got to worry about them staying healthy. But if he can stay healthy, I think he's definitely an upgrade from Jay Happ. I'd say he's more along the line of a James Paxton. So I would say maybe a slight upgrade if healthy from Paxson, although I think Paxson still has a lot of potential, but losing those guys, this guy slides right into the number two spot, and I think it's going to be a huge addition, so I think it's a great deal, relatively cheap, uh, unfortunately, and I guess we could just talk about Tanaka here as we talk about, we'll talk about the other move, um, the other moves they made for a couple other pitchers here, but it's basically, the word is out that uh, Tanaka, who only wanted to pitch for the Yankees, um, or he was going to head back to Japan. I guess it's come out this week that he is negotiating with some Japanese ball clubs to go back. And I guess it makes sense. Um, if you're asking me, 
Kluber, Tanaka, Kluber, Tanaka, who do I take? It's close. I got to be honest with you, very close. Tanaka has usually come up pretty big for us in the postseason. Not so much this last season, but his history, he was a great Yankee. Um, he'll be remembered as a great Yankee, but I, I say Kluber. Um, I think it's a different change. I think uh, putting some new arms in that rotation is a good thing. I think bringing Garrett Cole was the first step to kind of uh, a clean sweep in the rotation. We've got young kids that are on just on the cusp of coming up with Garcia, with Schmidt, with King. We've got some guys that are that are close, but I don't think are right there. And I think trying to force those guys into the rotation this year would be a mistake. So you bring in a couple of veteran guys um, to plug the hole for a year with Garrett Cole, who's going to anchor that rotation for the next decade, hopefully. So overall, I think it was a great deal. Um, I think it's something they needed to do. I think Cashman always seems to come up with a way to bring in somebody that you weren't thinking about or somebody that you didn't see coming. And we'll talk more about that with the uh, picture that we got from the from the Pirates, Jamison, here in just a minute. But as far as the Kluber deal goes, I'm all for it. I say it was a good deal. Two-time Cy Young Award winner, yes. Last one was back in 17, so he got a few years under his belt since then. Um, but if the guy can go up there and eat some innings for us, if we can get 150 innings to 170 innings this year, I'd say that's a win. Um, and like I said, right now, until Severino comes in, he slides right into that number two spot, I would say. When Severino comes to Domino's, obviously start to fall. But overall, I say great pickup for the Yankees and great job buying Cashman. second move that the Yankees made, and this is one of those sneaky Brian Cashman moves that you don't see coming. The Kluber deal, I would say, was kind of predictable in the sense that you knew they needed another arm, you knew they were going to bring in a veteran, um, and that part, I think, was pretty predictable. But this other move I did not see coming, and maybe we should have seen it coming because it turns out that, uh, and I'm going to say his name wrong, I'm sure, but uh, Jameson Talion um, from the Pittsburgh Pirates in exchange for four minor leaguers. None of them high-end prospects, as far as I can tell from doing my research. Um, so the Yankees bring in Jameis Italian to uh, slot in behind Garrett Cole and Corey Kluber at the top of that rotation. Um, he's a pitcher who's had two Tommy John surgeries already. Um, apparently very good friends with Garrett Cole when they were together in Pittsburgh. Um, part of the reason that maybe the way was paid for him to come in to New York um, what does this mean? Um, well, let's talk a little bit about him. Um, Tyon was 2-3 and three with a 4-10 ERA and 7 starts in 2019, um, where he was the opening day starter for them. Um, he hurt his elbow again and had a second Tommy John surgery, so he's coming back um, from a second Tommy John surgery. Um, apparently, has changed his entire delivery um, and is reworking his mechanics. We'll see. What does that mean? I don't know. I know he's a good young arm. He was a, a former overall second round pick in the 2010 draft um so he's got tons of upside still uh, his career record he's 29 24 with a 367 era in four major league seasons um he's got five pitches he's about mid to high 90s on his fastball uh sinker curveball slider and occasionally working on changeups to throw in there um to add to his repertoire so um, as far as his contract details, he's not eligible to be a free agent until after the 2022 season, where he'll be uh, 
on the last month of a two and a half million dollar contract at that point. So um, affordable, yes, contract wise, which was a big plus as the Yankees try to stay under that $210 million luxury pack payroll. It was a way to get another starter in here. And again, he will, he was the opening day starter for his team uh, two years ago. So he's got that kind of potential. So um, as far as what the Yanks gave up, um, uh, four prospects, and I'll go over some of the basics for it. Contreras was a 21-year-old from the Dominican Republic, uh, 16-11 and 11 with a 3-2-5 ERA in three minor league seasons. And he was just added to the 40-man roster in November. He was rated as the Yankees' number eight prospect. So, um... I don't know. We'll see. Yair, a 22-year-old Venezuelan, made his big league debut last year and had a 1-2-9 ERA and three relief appearances. So, um, Escato, he's 18 years old, basically a kid, made his professional debut in 2019, uh, and he hit 315 with 11 doubles, triples, and eight home runs. Bow, 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 for the Dominican Summer League and the Yankees. Has not played in the States yet. And Smith, a 21-year-old Texas kid, Hit 280 with 50 doubles, four triples, 19 home runs, and 118 RBIs in his three minor league seasons. So, yeah, they gave up four kids, which is always a, a, a touchy thing to do, but not, as far as I can tell, anything super high leverage as far as the prospects they had to give up. Um, now, one of these guys could come back and bite us later on, and, you know, that's that's a chance you got to take, but that's why you develop these young players, and that's why you use them as trade capital, so... It is what it is. I mean, what does this tell us about what's going on? This tells us essentially that the Masahiro Tanaka era is over here in New York. Um, and it looks like he's heading back to Japan. Um, and right now, if the season started today, um, Garrett Cole, uh, Corey Kluber, Jameson Tanyan, uh, Justin Montgomery would be your one through four. Uh, your fifth starter, maybe Domingo Herman, I would say, would be number five right now. With, of course, some of the kids there. Um, anchoring up the rear and then you got Severino coming back hopefully in June or July and that gives you a pretty strong four right there if you're looking at Cole, Severino, Jamison and Corey Kluver as your four and Justin Montgomery as your five or Domingo Roman all of a sudden you're talking about a really really solid uh, rotation for the Yankees and look this was something we talked about last week this was the question mark what were the Yankees going to do with the rotation? You know, their offense is solid. Um, you've got big bats all over the lineup. You re-signed DJ, DJ LeMay to the hitting machine. Um, you're all set as far as offense is concerned. The question was pitching. Um, and the Yankees did something to address that. Uh, the starting rotation, which was their biggest weakness as far as I'm concerned, as far as all the experts could say. So, great job, Yankees. Great job, Brian Cashman, um, and, and solidifying this starting rotation. Now, on to the bullpen. Shortly Monday after they announced the trade for Jamison Tyone, the Yankees then traded reliever Adam Ottavino in the final year of his contract to the Boston Red Sox. They sent another player along, a minor leaguer jack. They'll eventually get a player to be named later and some cash considerations. What was this move all about, in your opinion? Well, we've talked on our shows about how they were looking for some payroll flexibility. They still have some things they would like to do. Ottavino's name has been out there. I'm not surprised he was moved. I'm a little surprised that it was to the Red Sox that he is going to stay in the division because when he is on and he's throwing that slider, he can be lethal against right-handed batters. 
and the Yankees have a lot of right-handed batters in their lineup. But as much as we talked on our shows about Adovino trying to redeem himself, and I think for him it comes down to throwing his slider for strikes. You can't just have a slider that sails out of the zone. You have to let the hitter know that you're going to throw sliders for strikes. The Yankees have told you what they have thought about him recently. He has been a spectator the last couple of postseasons. So going into this season, the Yankees decided he was a pitcher who was expendable. And I expect that now they will pivot and make some other moves. Yeah, I mean, the economics of baseball and the world that we're in today, I mean, that's all part of it. We just saw in that graphic, going to make $8 million. I mean, this is one of those deals that Brian Cashman freed up some money. And if you think about the tie-on deal, he makes $2.5 million. So he slides in there, a very affordable pitcher with some more control. But from Adovino's standpoint, a change of scenery. He went to college in Northeastern up in Boston. He's familiar with that city. But maybe he can get himself back on track to Jack point when he is right he is devastating but we also saw he has trouble with the running game there were a lot of things that maybe didn't work out with the New York Yankees it wasn't for a lack of effort wasn't for a lack of trying to get better and with all the analytics it just came down to the end of the last couple of years there wasn't a whole lot of trust there anymore All right, guys, well, we go on to the Yankees' bullpen, and again, it really seems like the Yanks are trying to get all their laundry taken care of this week, you know what I mean? Um, starting rotation, boom, taken care of, you bring in Kluber, you bring in Jameson Tallion. Now we go to the bullpen, and uh, the bullpen, which was considered maybe the strength of the Yankees' team for the last couple years, didn't really perform up to snuff last year, a lot of disappointments, one of those disappointments um, in a rare move hasn't happened in seven years. Uh, has been traded to the Boston Red Sox. And I said that correctly, Red Sox. Um, Adam Adovino, um, Jersey kid, uh, was uh, thrilled to be on the Yankees, has been uh, dealt to the Red Sox. For essentially, it's a salary dump. Uh, Adovino was, uh, by sending him to the Yanks, freeing up $8 million as the Yanks uh, remain to try to get under that $210 million luxury threshold. So, um it is what it is. Um, I'm not going to miss him, quite honestly. He was a magician with the with the junk ball the, and the amazing breaking stuff that he threw. But last year, he really, really struggled and found himself out of favor and out of that rotation, I mean, out of that kind of uh, bullpen rotation, uh, where it was him, um, Britton, and Chapman, and maybe Green thrown in there, where he was kind of worked out. And they were working on the guys, Nick Nelson, some other guys in that spot. Just didn't look like they had the confidence in him. Now, Tommy Canely gone. Um... Adam Arvino gone, what do you do? You need to plug them some plug somebody else in that relief spot. And the Yankees essentially went out there and got a cheaper alternative and signed Darren O'Day today for $2.5 million. Um, a big discount. Uh, the 38-year-older, and he is 38-year-old, a veteran, was 4-0 last year with a 110 ERA and 19 appearances for the Braves. Uh, he's a veteran guy, 13-year big leaguer. Uh, he's no stranger to the American League East. We saw a bunch of Baltimore um, and those names were Baltimore where he pitched really well too. Um, I mean, listen, he, he's got a great ERA against the teams we need him to be good against. Um, but it really, what it is, is essentially it's a cheaper alternative to uh, Adovino. Um, and it really does. I mean, again, I cannot give Brian Cashman and the front office staff enough credit. Um, they signed DJ LeMahieu. They had very little to work with as far as money left over. They, I think they had about $13 million left uh, after signing DJ LeMahieu on their self-imposed $210 million budget. Um, and they needed legitimately 
two top starters and a reliever, and they got all that done um, and stayed under the $210 million and left a couple million dollars to do some house cleaning as far as maybe bringing some guys in a minor league invites. So amazing job front office. I mean, if you're a Yankee fan right now, if, if you've got to be in heaven. Um, Kluber, two-time Cy Young Award winner. Jamison Talion, um, uh, opening day starter for the Pirates two years ago um, with lots of upside. And you bring in a veteran, uh, O'Day, to, to take over the spot of Adam Adovino. So uh, overall, great job by the Yankees this week. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, fantastic job, I got to say. Uh, I didn't know how they do it. But listen, Cashman's been there forever for a reason. And I know the Yankees haven't won a World Series in a long time. Longer than any of us are comfortable with, quite frankly. But you can't say it's from lack of him putting guys on the field. A lot of things have happened, injuries, you know, pandemics, things that have side-railed this team. But uh, he, every year he does his job and gets gets this team ready to go. And just remember, Severino coming back in the All-Star break. You know, that's a great starting rotation. It's a solid bullpen. Not the greatest bullpen in the league, but a top 10 for sure. And you already have, I would say, a top five or top seven offense in the league. So, again, the Yankees are equipped. Um, Brian Cashman and the Steinbrenner family has done their job as far as putting the talent on the field and staying under that 210. There's no excuses. Um, they have everything they need right now to win a World Series. Now we'll see what happens. A lot can change between now and opening day, and a lot can change between now and the All-Star break. Um but we'll see. I'm excited. I'm starting to get excited here. We got about a little more than two weeks until pitcher catchers report. Now, knock on wood, that, that all goes well, and we have a normal season. Um, I will be heading up to Tampa, as I always do every year, if you guys listen to the show, um, what that's going to look like and what kind of access I'm going to get this year because of the pandemic. I don't know. I mean, last year I was able to, and years before, get a lot of uh, up-close attention and pay you know, some, some really great content for the site and uh, a lot of first looks at some ball players. I don't know how that's going to work this year. We'll have to see, but I'm going to head up regardless um, up to the minor league camp and uh, hopefully I'll be able to get you guys some content and get you guys some of the skinny on what's going on in Yankee land. So again, I'm looking forward to it. Um, The downside, obviously this week, the passing of the great Hank Aaron, but as far as Yankee land is concerned, all good news uh, for the Yankees, all smart moves. I don't have a problem with any of them. I think they're ready to go, and uh, I'm looking forward to the start of the season. So, that being said, guys, we will be back uh, probably in about a week, week and a half, with another off-season edition of the show. Depending on if there's any more Yankee moves to get you before then, uh, we'll jump on here and uh, maybe give you another short episode. But hopefully, uh, you guys are enjoying the new format of the show, which is kind of going to be my comments. Um, you know, in addition to some um, comments from some other sportscasters on the specific topics that we're going to talk about every week. So we'll get back to a normal format uh, with uh, the mailbag questions. Uh, didn't really do any of those today because I wanted you guys to get a chance to get the new information on the actual social media accounts and the new website. I should say the new email address. So feel free. Rich Corey Yanks is the name of the game from now on here. I appreciate you guys as always for listening. I appreciate all your support. I will see you next week. And go Yanks. Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he?
again. He scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that. He hit the fucking bull. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Nice. Good. God, sucker teed off in there like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. How? Ah. I told him. <laughs> 